From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Happy Valentine's Day. Well, the headline says it all, ladies and gentlemen. U.S. Navy's UFO patents can allegedly engineer the fabric of reality. Let me repeat that. U.S. Navy's UFO patents can allegedly engineer the fabric of reality. A U.S. Navy file dubbed the UFO patents has revealed how military scientists spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on experiments involving nuclear fusion and electromagnetic fields as part of research into devastating future weapons. The documents claim a space-time modification weapon, a space-time modification weapon could make the hydrogen bomb seem like a firecracker. What in the world? UFO patents? Engineering the fabric of reality? A space-time modification weapon? Is this really happening? Is this all true? Physicist Paul LaViolette is standing by to discuss, and he'll be with us for the first hour. Coming up in hour two, if you're not familiar with the strange case of Philip Schneider and his story involving secret underground military bases and how the greys, as in grey aliens, are involved, you'll want to, uh, to hang around for hour two. Documentary filmmaker Darcy Weir. We'll be here to discuss Schneider and his mysterious death, some say murder, and his involvement in the construction of an underground base and his battle, alleged battle, in that base with gray aliens. Carlos Kajina is the technical producer. Ryan White is the live stream producer on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. And for those of you on Rumble, as in rumble.com, the channel is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Be sure when you're on rumble.com to search under channel, not videos. Otherwise, it's kind of tricky to find. And of course, you can say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett and on Gab at Richard Serrett. So I just can't believe what I'm reading here. But here is the story. Hold on to your hats. A U.S. Navy file dubbed the UFO patents has revealed how military scientists spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on experiments involving nuclear fusion and electromagnetic fields as part of research into devastating future weapons. The documents claim a space-time modification weapon could make the hydrogen bomb seem like a firecracker. The Naval Air Warfare Center Aircraft Division, NAWCAD, conducted the experiments exploring the work of Dr. Salvatore Cesar Paez, an aerospace engineer who works for the U.S. Navy. The head of the Navy's aerospace research enterprise said Chinese entities were working on similar technology advancements. Documents released through the Freedom of Information Act contain hundreds of pages about the Naval and Innovative Science and Engineering Basic and Applied Research Program and the tests, photographs, 
and other related material associated with it. The program was referred to as the High Energy Electromagnetic Field Generator. Dr. Paez's inventions are enabled through the Paez effect, a theoretical physics concept that is based on the controlled motion of electrically charged matter from solid to plasma via accelerated spin and or accelerated vibration under rapid yet smooth acceleration, deceleration, acceleration transients. Okay, it's already way above my pay, gra- pay, my pay grade. So I need some help to make sense of all this. And uh, for that, we have employed Paul LaViolette, PhD. He's an interdisciplinary scientist. He's authored several books and has published numerous articles in professional scientific journals. He received his BA in physics from Johns Hopkins University his MBA from the University of Chicago, and his PhD in System Science Astronomy from Portland State University. Currently, he's president of the Starburst Foundation, an interdisciplinary scientific research institute. Dr. LaViolette's findings open a new doorway to the interpretation of our ancient past. Aided by his background in general system theory and physics, he was able to successfully decipher the lost science said to be encoded in the lore of the tarot and astrology, Dr. Laviolette is the author of Decoding the Message of the Pulsars, Subquantum Kinetics, now I believe in the fourth edition, Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion, and Genesis of the Cosmos. Paul Laviolette, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Oh, pretty good, Richard. I say, I don't know where to begin with this story. First of all, when you heard about this, your overall impression, emotionally speaking, I suppose, were you shocked, amazed? No. I sort of knew about this stuff. The basic ideas I described in my book, uh, which came out in 2008, I also had interviewed the fellow that had worked with the Black Projects and disclosed about the B-2 bomber, and based on his disclosures, I was able to reverse engineer its propulsion system and published a paper on that, showing that it was basically implementation of Townsend Brown's patents. And in our conversation we had, I managed to get hold of him, the editor of the journal he had published in, put me in touch with him, and uh, we had a a very long, interesting conversation. And he was saying that uh, all the the anti-gravity work they were doing back then, based on the work of Brown, but also on the work of Tesla, Nikola Tesla, by the way, this what they call Pius effect, he shouldn't take credit for it. That's what Tesla was doing. You see, the Navy tells part of the truth, but they don't tell all the truth. So they want to create a little confusion so the average person can't really build these things, <laughs> even though they make right. a patent on it. And the patents, uh, I can understand how it works because I come from a different perspective from standard physics view. So, I was told, you know, back then uh, from by this fellow, he says they don't use standard physics in uh, the work they're doing on field propulsion and anti-gravity. They considered Einstein's theory of space-time, warping of space-time, as classical ideas that don't work. In fact, a guy whose father worked in classified projects back in the 50s, back then, he heard, his son heard from his father that Einstein's theories weren't considered workable, even back then. So you can't use standard physics to understand these, and it sounds unbelievable. This 
news story you read, uh, they sort of hype everything up. Actually, it's not that frightening. It's uh, beautiful technology. It's simple. Well, potentially, potentially. But some of it sounds rather menacing. Let's unpack some of this. Before I get to that, I'm curious to know why the U.S. Navy would even disclose this. I mean, they received a Freedom of Information Act request, and they released hundreds of pages of documents, photographs. Uh, A lot of this has obviously national security ramifications. Why would they release this? Well... I was told back a couple of years ago, I had a meeting with people at the uh, Air Force Base Command, and they were telling me that the government higher-ups have decided that it's time that they uh, start disclosing what's happening to sort of bring the Black Project program more out in the open. And, that, in fact, that's why Trump created the Space Force so that all this can be funded openly instead of through hidden money. You know, you take from here and there, and nobody knows where the money goes. So uh, I was told back then uh, that there is this effort of disclosure. That we're in it. Shortly after, uh, you hear about the Navy sighting of that UFO that you normally didn't hear. They wouldn't say things about UFO sightings before that, and now they're starting to share these things. And then you had these patents coming out. So just like this fellow says, sure enough, these patents come out. And in particular, well, one of them is dealing with a a UFO, basically creating a UFO. It's an anti-gravity disc-shaped UFO. Uh, Another is a triangular version that would behave much like what the Navy was shooting in their gun camera pictures. The Tic Tac Uh, video, right, the Tic Tac UFO. Right. And uh, then they have another patent on a basically a repeller beam, which you could think of like the Star Trek phaser beam, where they can put it in repeller mode to push things. Instead of tractor beam, it would be a repulsion beam. So their work was being done in secret until they uh, published this patent. I think these technologies are at least 30 years old. Because of what I was told back in 92, the, the being based on Brown's work and Tesla's work, and in fact, that's what these are based on. So back then, they were working on this, and just they got around now to patent them and disclose them. So they're not going to tell you the most recent stuff, apparently. <laughs> this stuff is old hat to them. This is 30 years old, this technology, so who knows what, what they I have believe. now? That's what I right. believe, based on my understanding. So... Is this then a de facto admission that we or they, the United States, the U.S. Navy or the Air Force, they have UFO propulsion technology, they have that now, and that perhaps most of, all of, the, the, um, the, the flying disks and so forth that people are seeing are U.S. military? Are they admitting that many, now many with this disclosure? Are, yes, yes. In fact, we have a space force already out there. It's just been a black project. Uh, and Jerry, Gary McKinnon uh, right. tapped into that when he hacked the computer, the uh, Air Force computer, and found records, I guess it was Space Command computer, uh, records of ship-to-ship transports on vessels. But they weren't Earth vessels. And uh, there were crew, trans- uh, crew exchanges and so on. 
that he found. Um, so you, you get the picture of Star Trek-sized vessels, maybe with crews of 200 or more. And then there's the book by Tompkins, who talks about he was designing these, and they were being built. He, he in lectures, disclosed how a place, I guess, in Utah, in the hills of Utah, they would build these things and um, boost them into the air. And I've lectured on this uh, a year and a half ago. In fact, uh, I guess last year I gave a lecture about how they were getting those up in the air. I mean, here they build a spacecraft in an earth hangar, underground, let's say, hangar that has doors. You open these doors, the thing might be uh, oh, half a kilometer long. And how do they get it in space? Well, they use these propulsion beams, which I describe in my book, in Secrets of Anti-Gravity Propulsion. And uh, I, I sort of have uh, disclosed about Project Sky Vault, which was told to me by fellow head inside information. <clears throat> and I sort of, re based on the few bits and pieces that he gave me, I could uh, reverse engineer it. Basically uses microwave beams to boost, uh, create pressure on things, and you could mount these on anything and boost it into the air. So you can picture these uh, crafts being boosted up into space, and once they're up there, they can weld them together and produce huge ships uh, many kilometers long. So when people, for example, uh, Paul, were reporting these huge craft, let's say in Stevensville, Texas, several years ago, um, more than a decade ago, I guess, and people discussed how they, or revealed how they saw these things looked like the size of a box store floating silently in the air, uh, blocking out the sky. Is that what we're talking about? What would that be, would you say? Well, I don't know. They're, they're talking about craft this, the size of a box store, like a Walmart, floating up there uh, above them. Mm, yes, very easily. Could be that big. I mean, did you ever, I mean, I know you, you've been tracking this, you, you've known about this, but to see this kind of disclosure, this kind of admission, did you ever think that you would live to see this day? That they're saying, yes, we have this stuff. Hmm. Well, uh, like, I, I didn't know that they would until I'd heard they were going to have this disclosure, and uh, slowly you see they're talking about it. So this is very good. Yeah. The uh, the space-time modification weapon. Now that's says it could... where I would uh, contest. There, they you you can't understand these with space-time. Like I said, Einstein's theories they don't use them. They're they're non-workable. For one for one thing, uh, you can travel faster than the speed of light. And when you you can, I've shown that in the laboratory. Guy Obolansky and myself, we worked in his laboratory. We had waves going uh, six times the speed of light across his, starting out at that speed, going across his laboratory. Uh, we didn't publish in Nature or anything, but if we did, it would have been world news. I'm just telling you, it's in my book, what we did, and anyone can duplicate that experiment, any physicist who's interested. Um, and that uh, pretty much demolishes Einstein's theory right there. And what you're dealing with, you have to go substitute it with something. So it's you have to deal with the ether. And that's uh, what I base all what I've done is on ether theory that I've developed uh, 
back in the 70s. I've been working on it for 40 years now, over 40 years. So, superluminal speed. Um, But what do they mean by a a modification weapon? Uh, Well, okay, if you want to say a a UFO is a weapon, uh, I suppose you could look at it that way. Um, They're engineering... um, It's electrogravitics, basically. You understand what electrogravitics is, don't you? Right, right. Brown's work. Townsend Brown, right. It's um, based on very simple principles. Uh, Einstein's theory is based on the idea that all matter attracts, whether it's uh, positively charged or negatively charged, and that's incorrect. Uh, Protons are gravitationally attractive. Electrons are gravitationally repulsive, and that's a a new idea that a lot of people haven't grasped yet. And that's what Townsend Brown's work showed, where he'd charge up a capacitor to high voltage, and it would move towards the positive electrode as if it was being pulled by the positive charges and repelled by the negative. So once you realize that electrons are very special, that they are gravitationally repulsive, um, that's the heart of it, is how you deal with the electrons. And the goal is to build up as high an electrical negative charge on your craft as possible. And the more electrical charge you build up that's negative, the more weight it loses. And it can actually make the craft invisible because light will bend right around it. It's like lens-shaped. Right. And they, they pretty much tell you stunning. the, the, the uh, ABCs of how to do it if you know the science behind it. They don't explain it in ether terms. They don't use the word ether. Um they use language that physicists might use to get the patent published, I guess. Um, but it's a very uh, confusing to it would be very confusing to a physicist to read it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Which is why a lot of people probably don't believe that it's for real. They say, "Come on, you're pulling our leg, and you're just doing this to uh, justify all the hundreds of thousands of dollars you spent." But that's. That's baloney. They didn't spend just hundreds of thousands. They put millions of it. This is a thirty-year-old program that they put. Right. Money. I was gonna. I was gonna say that seems like a mere pittance, a few hundred thousand uh, dollars. Oh, listen, we're gonna take a quick time out, Paul, and we'll come back and pick up on this. I want to talk about this statement here uh, that these revolutionary changes in power and propulsion. We're talking about possibility of quantum communications, energy production, weaponry. And uh, most stunning of all, the idea that they could uh, engineer the very fabric of reality. We'll pick up on that. Dr. Paul LaViolette, my guest right here on The Conspiracy Show, back with more after this timeout. Stay with us. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Paul LaViolette, my guest, the author of Decoding the Message of the Pulsars, Subquantum Kinetics, 
Secrets of Anti-Gravity, Propulsion, Genesis of the Cosmos, and others. Uh, let me get back to the, um, I'm just going to, like, right from the headline, the idea that this technology could engineer the fabric of reality. Let's yeah. just chew on that for a minute. What does yeah. that mean, exactly? Well, you have to, there's a specific section in the patent. If you go to the patent, uh, this is, I'm talking about the one of December, was issued December 2018. Uh, it has a triangular spacecraft. You're familiar with that one? Yes, I'm looking at that, yes. And they're saying here, um, they, they, they're talking about charging the outer, they have a double shell. And they charge the outer shell different from the inner shell. They don't tell you the polarity, but I'll tell you the polarity. It's negative. It has to be negative on the outside if it's going to work, because the negative is the gravitational repulsive pole. And they're uh, pulsing it with Tesla waves, not uh, not Pius waves. <laughs> he <laughs> likes to take credit for Tesla's work. Um, these are waves that are. Um, they're DC pulses, so to speak. They're always, um, they're discharges, always the same polarity, but they create waves. They're like shocks that go out. Very sharp rise time and gradual fall-off time. So they're triangular. Think of a triangular time form to it. Uh, think of it as explosive discharges of electrical uh, energy. Some people call them Coulomb waves. There, uh, other people call them scalar waves right. uh, or longitudinal waves. There's no magnetic component to them, uh, and uh, they travel faster than the speed of light, actually. And they're generating these uh, from the inside layer of the craft to the outside and pulsing with these. And what this does, it polarizes, as, he, as they say here in the patent, they're polarizing the uh, vacuum outside the outer resonant cavity wall. So there is no vacuum. It's an ether. We're in, in, are you familiar with the ether? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, You've I talked about that on the show before. knows I'm not talking about what they used to put you to sleep. In <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So um, the ether can be uh, polarized, in other words, charged, to potentials much har uh, larger than you could put on the surface of the craft. So let's say you can get the craft up to, I don't know, 10 million volts with these waves, okay? Because you keep uh, hammering with these waves, they keep sort of emitting from the surface of the craft. They end up jacking up the potential in the ether around the craft to much higher voltages. You can go up to a billion volts around the craft. So think of that. Negative. A negative potential. And that's gravitationally repulsive. Why? Because negative charge is equivalent to Gra a gravity hill or a repulsive, um, it's, it's like a negative mass effect. It pushes rather than pulls. So we didn't need 
to back engineer UFO technology. We are, are you saying that we've had this? I mean, Tesla thought of this. We've had this all along. We didn't. We didn't need to uh, to recover some UFO propulsion system at Roswell or yeah. elsewhere and back engineer it. We have it. We had it. Yeah, I never heard of anyone saying that Townsend Brown or Nikola Tesla were given parts of UFO craft. Uh, they discovered this stuff on their own, which is nice, so we can take ownership. That We developed it through American ingenuity. Of course, Tesla was from Serbia. So, and Serbian ingenuity. <laughs> right, right. But uh, I'm so, sure that they were getting guidance from the stuff that they got, uh, they picked up. It probably opened their eyes that uh, Brown and Tesla were going in the right direction. And there may be other aspects to that technology that they came up with that um, uh, they're not talking about. Um, they're talking about the stuff that the Brown and Tesla worked on. Uh, Tesla was, uh, you re- if you read his papers, he talks about setting up his towers, putting out these DC pulses because he had. He was also working with AC, and that's what he's more popularly known about. But it's the DC work that's the more fascinating. Uh, he could actually feel pressures on his hand from these DC pulses. They were producing a, sort of a gravitational repulsive effect. And he would report how in the outdoor experiments, uh, a luminous aura would start filling the whole area around his transmitter and it would envelop the trees and they'd start putting out this aura back um, as if he was charging up the whole area to higher high potentials that he could never achieve just with his dome. Uh, it's because his dome was hammering that potential out there. It was uh, creating an effect. And uh, they used this also in the Philadelphia experiment. Uh, it does create invisibility. And that's something that's predicted by the theory I've developed, subquantum kinetics. Um, in subquantum kinetics, it's possible to have matter dematerialize and rematerialize. So that's something physics can't do. And uh, it's very easily understood when you go to the subquantum kinetics uh, framework uh, for people not able to handle the equation part. Uh, well, subquantum kinetics book is fairly readable, although it does have equations, but I have written an Another one called Genesis of the Cosmos that puts it more for layman's terms. Uh, plus, I have a lot of uh, papers available for free download on it to sort of explain it in general terms. <clears throat> Those are on my website, etheric.com. And, uh, now, yeah. According to this, or this uh, article, they are referring to these, well, they call it the Peyer's effect, and you're saying, no, it's the Tesla effect, but they are referring to it as a theoretical physics concept. If I'm hearing you correctly, this is way past theoretical. This is practical. It's being used oh, and has been physics. for decades. It's ether well, physics. It's not okay. standard ether physics. <laughs> no, but the idea, that it's the, the idea that it's theoretical 
is what I'm saying. They're calling it theoretical. You're saying it's practical. It's here. It's now. Yeah, it's based on experiment. Right. In fact, experiment tended to lead uh, theory. In fact, uh, Brown didn't have really a theory for what he was doing. He was sort of tossing around with an ether theory of his own. Uh, And Tesla accepted the ether idea. And he was very uh, right in a lot of his uh, statements about uh, what the ether does. Uh, in fact, uh, the e- the ether that he was talking about resembles very much the subquantum kinetics ether. It's more of a active ether. It's a, it's a high, higher dimensional concept. Uh, the idea our universe is sustained by a flux that enters from another dimension and leaves to another dimension. And we are like an open system, which means free energy is possible. Because in open systems, energy can increase or decrease. It depends. So you can have free energy. Our whole galaxy is in an area where energy spontaneously increases. And in fact... Uh, the vast multitude of stars in our galaxy are entirely powered by energy that comes into being spontaneously. That sounds crazy to most people, but I've proven it. I published a scientific paper on this. I do want to pick uh, up on that on the other side. Uh, we're just heading into a break here shortly. Very quickly, uh, before we do that, though, the article talks about the Chinese also having this technology. Is Does that concern you? Well, you know, it's sort of a space race going on. Uh, they're t- probably trying to catch up. Uh, but I think, you know, we were we got an early start. We, we, we were shocked into reality back in 42 with the L.A., war in L.A. And uh, so we... <clears throat> We we're one of the first pioneers, and so the Russians. So, you know, there's going to be in the future the three main forces will be the Russians, the U.S., uh, Chinese, uh, and of course, probably Israel has space program, and France probably has version. Uh, uh, they don't have the, the the money base probably that you know the U.S. has, but. All right, we'll head into a break here, Paul. Stay with us. Come back on the other side. I do want to talk about free energy, other potential uses for this remarkable disclosure on the part of the U.S. Navy. They're calling it UFO patents. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Just a reminder, coming up at the top of the hour, documentary filmmaker Darcy Weir will talk about his film Underground, the director's cut, and uh, the mysterious death, some say murder, of Phil Schneider, very popular on the UFO lecture circuit back in the 90s until his mysterious death. He was making some pretty remarkable claims about having worked on these underground bases like Dulce, New Mexico, even alluded to the fact that he was involved in a, uh, a battle in one of these bases with gray aliens. And then 
He died under mysterious circumstances. Darcy Weir coming up right now. Dr. Paula Violette stays with us. We're talking about the high-energy electromagnetic field generator. And although Dr. Salvatore Cesar Paez is taking credit, this is work that was being done by Nikola Tesla and Townsend Brown back in, what, the 1930s, like 90 years ago. Yeah, I was talking about the craft, the spacecraft, the oval one and the right. triangular-shaped one. Now, this one that you point out, this electromagnetic field generator, it also uses Tesla's uh, concepts because he's pulsing the outer shell, but he's also rotating it. You notice he's got a motor in there, and he's rotating the yes. hemisphere. Now, does that sound puzzling, why he's doing that? Well, what is the importance? That's because he's creating a uh, repeller beam. This thing develops a repulsion beam. Is that what's referred to as a fusion twist? Yeah, he's talking about a vor- plasma vortex he's generating. Well, okay, you've got this thing charged to a very high voltage on its outside, right? So it's got right. all sorts of, it's ionizing the air, there's all sorts of electrons flying around from it because it's negatively charged. What happens when you rotate a negative charge? You're producing a magnetic field. So you're generating a magnetic field, and the magnetic field is now got an axis to it, which means these waves that are being put out are going to be collimated in the direction of the axis of the magnetic field. They're not going to go out in all directions like they normally would. So that whole purpose, the whole purpose of that is to collimate it to a certain direction. Uh, the other thing is by spinning that, anything that goes off to the sides gets canceled out because you're spinning. And the, the only thing that, the only component that's left is the one that goes along the spin axis because that's not canceled out. So it's a wave generator. It's a gravity wave generator, to be specific. And by collimating it, it means you can keep that collimated way out into space and actually push asteroids out of the way like he's talking about. That's the application he talks about here. But it can push anything out of the way. A spacecraft could be used as a weapon. Ah, yes. I was going to ask you about that. Well, we you know, you things. got a missile coming towards you, and you push it out of its orbit. You push it into the ocean or wherever you want to push it out into space if you want. You could knock over boats, probably. Uh, could you bring down a 110-story building? Yep. There's mm-hmm. no way to anticipate it coming. The pulses would be traveling faster than the speed of light. Hopefully it's being handled by reputable military forces that aren't going to be pushing over our own buildings or unless they're in a you war. You are no doubt familiar with the work of Dr. Judy Wood, who talks about the World Trade Center towers being essentially dustified, disappeared. That was a different uh, weapon. Well, that was a microwave beam weapon similar to what I talked about in Project Skyball. In fact, I talk about it there that one fellow sort of leaked out at a conference about our mylar microwave platform that we've got orbiting made out of mylar plastic so it wouldn't be radar detectable and microwave means well i reversed engineered that that it must mean it got one of these microwave beam systems the same that they use for boosting spacecraft into space and they can beam this energy down from space target it like a building and what does that do to concrete 
if you put Turns concrete in dust. a microwave oven, it's going to, all the water in the concrete is going to explode. It, you're going to turn the concrete into dust as it heats up. And the thing about this beam, it sort of uses the same principle of pulse, 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 and it keeps putting more and more energy into the beam, and it can't escape. And you get enormous energies that are far exceeding the energy generator you've got in space. So it's all bottled up energy in that beam. And everything they saw matches that, the idea of the uh, interference pattern, the ring-like interference pattern around the World Trade Center and the cars having the paint scorched off. A Category 2 hurricane heading, heading for New York City that suddenly veered off course. Is that a signature? You could probably do a weather control if you fanned it out enough. Uh, I don't think a collimated beam would affect a hurricane, but if you fanned out your beam, but then, I don't know, I'd just be speculating about that. All right. This was a short segment, Paul. We're going to head into a break. We'll come back. I do want to touch on free energy, some of the potential uses, and uh, we'll take some questions from our live chat. That's uh, all coming up with Paul LaViolette right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, I want to whip through some of these uh, terrific uh, questions from our YouTube live chat. Solar Warden asks, Paul, um, rumors of ground crew being electrocuted by the B-2, the B-2 bomber. And are you aware of what the Aurora spy plane really was or is? Uh, well, I've heard about the uh, people getting electrocuted or sh- big shocks because they didn't realize it got too close to it. Uh, after all... The B-2, <clears throat> it's using Townsend Brown's principle. It's, uh, flame jet generators are charging up the actual body of the B-2. It's probably got a huge negative charge because that helps it lose weight to have a negative charge on its surface. So it could have uh, hundreds of millions of volts charge because once it gets up there, it's dumping positive ions. And that means um, it's not grounded. In other words, there's no wire to ground. And if right. you're dumping positive charge, I mean, the sky is the limit as to what negative charge you have on your craft. So, All right. Uh, the Aurora spy plane, what was that all about? Uh, okay, that's not an area I've studied much about. Okay. Uh, Sigma-6 asks about the Mickelson-Morley experiment in the U.S. Navy. What is the Mickelson-Morley experiment? Well, uh, that's where they uh, tried to look for an ether drift back in the early part of the 20th century, and they they didn't find... uh, It looked like there was no friend shift, and they concluded that uh, Einstein's theory was right. And when people repeated it, they... Did, uh, repeated it so they were, weren't so close to the ground, a little higher up in the air, and they found there was a, a shift of fringes, so Einstein's theory was wrong in that case. Um, but I don't know if there was any connection with, what, what did you say, the Navy? Mikkel- uh, yes, the U.S. Navy. Uh, Not Gordian asks... Uh, if any of the experiments that we're, we've been talking about, and you mentioned, you know, invisibility and so forth, whether they may be responsible for the phenomenon 
I don't know if you're familiar with David Politi's uh, regular on Coast to Coast. He's written the Missing 411 series of books uh, uh, where he's found all of these clusters in national parks and places where people just vanish, in uh, many mm. cases, without a trace, and whether these experiments may be uh, involved. Uh, yeah, I've heard about that, where people are vanishing, and I think that the, the going theory is that these are people that are abducted, uh, yeah. For who knows what, for the reptilians to have dinner or part of some uh, German slave crew, a Nazi German uh, slave crew on Mars. Uh, a lot of possibilities. Who knows? Uh, Show Me the Truth 74 says, I live near a major airport in a Boeing location and I hear unusually loud sounds that I guess are from an airplane. Are our airports testing these crafts? He said he heard some sonic booms back in the 60s. Yeah, you know, uh, we don't hear many sonic booms anymore. So why no, is that? From the jets, you know, probably because all the jets have, they're mostly military, they probably have uh, boom suppressors on their leading edge of the wing, which operate just like the B-2 bomber. Uh, that, that suppresses the boom. All right. Um, I want to get into a little bit. We just have a bit of a little time here, a few minutes. The uh, the potential for commercial use of what we've been talking about, mm. uh, the design of thermonuclear fusion reactors. So, in other words, safe, reliable, limitless energy for commercial electricity generation. Your thoughts? Uh, well, if I was going f- like fusion, okay, uh, possible. But why go to fusion? I mean, uh, look at what uh, Walt Jenkins has done. He's burning uh, water in place of gasoline in internal combustion engines. And he's uh, working with a major aerospace company to test it on a jet engine. So instead of the jet burning uh, airline fuel, jet fuel, it's going to be burning water. And they can pull that water right out of the air with uh, condensers, so they got limitless fuel supply. Uh, then look at uh, another fellow. I won't name his name because uh, he doesn't want publicity at this point. He reverse engineers well, uh, Schauberger, Victor Schauberger's turbine, which runs on air. Once you get it going, it's self-sustaining, and it's another free energy machine. Uh, you can connect that to a generator and generate enormous amounts of electrical power. Um, he, he's hoping to market this as a generator for your house, generate all the power you need, uh, but it's also applicable to, uh, to airframes, generate make uh, electrical air, air vehicles. Um, you could power, uh, ideally, UFO. Of course, the Germans were using Schauberger's idea to power their UFOs. Uh, but you could go fusion if you wanted to. I wouldn't, you know, fo- you know, focus on that. Um, I met one guy. He he wanted me to work with him on his uh, project uh, out in the desert. Uh, he uh, claimed to have made a breakthrough on fusion and was making a fusion garbage disposal. So you put anything in it, and it turns it into atoms. Uh, like you could take care of any waste, you know. 
um, and he wanted to develop a rocket engine based on fusion. And he was able to create fusion, according to what he was saying, a magnet, special kind of magnetic bottle. Uh, Pius looked like he was trying to do it with uh, sort of poles all aimed toward the center. Uh, that's sort of the way uh, I think the f- you'd want to do that to make things disappear <laughs> and produce energy. Um, of course, if, if, if you were doing with uh, shock fronts. But uh, I don't know exactly what he's got in mind there. But but you you are excited about it sounds like and positive about uh, these developments. In other words, do you think that these what are now military applications are going to find their way into commercial use, and this is going to usher in an an era of free energy in the not too distant future? Yeah, well, I know uh, in the next few years. Uh uh, Walt Jenkins' device will be uh, probably be on the market, and uh, hopefully uh, this other fellow's device uh, uh, will the, the turbine idea will be available. Um, it's not going to uh, immediately replace all we've got because every new technology starts small and grows. But it will uh, be a major alternative to electric vehicles. Uh, you could uh, have a hybrid system in your electric car. It's running on water, for example. Right. Uh, but I think our major problem is this uh, virus thing and people being threatened uh, by the government that it's so serious and they withhold the, the drugs that are going to cure it. And I don't know. It sounds from your ads that you're pro-virus. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you want me to talk against the COVID situation. Well, but, uh, we're, that's we're so just about out of time. I mean, in my mind, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I have done programs on that, and, uh, you know, they, they are, uh, they, <laughs> the forces that be, are not happy about any kind of dissent or, uh, yeah, well, you know, but we've it, had those it sort discussions. of paralyzes the creative people, you know, I can feel it. Uh, sure. This whole suppression, this whole fascist regime that's, uh, we feel it here in the U.S., I imagine it's even worse in uh, Canada where you are. Depends what state you're in here. Right, right. Well, I'm in New yes, York, the uh, which is very. You know, fortunately, we're not in lockdown like some people are. I just had I have about a minute here, and I, I wanted to ask you about, and I w- I'd love to have you on. I know it's a late hour for you, uh, but that is, you, you know, we were talking about Gary McKinnon and these, mm. this, uh, the space force, and so forth. Do you mm. do you think now that the, with the release of these documents re- pertaining to UFO patents? That that in the it is just imminent that they will have to admit that they have, for example, deep space platforms. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, that that's coming. Their admission on that. Yeah. In fact, uh, what's his name? Head of uh, Skunk Works, sort of said, you know, we can take take ET home. Ben Rich. You're wondering yes. about our capabilities in space. <laughs> right. Yes. And then there's um, a whole thing about stargates. Do they really exist? It's something that 
uh, if you try to, to build one with physics, uh, you're, you're barking up a tree. You know, uh, I, I, I have some ideas based on my theory how you could do it. It's more like on uh, quantum entanglement. It involves quantum entanglement, you know, where two things in different parts of space are entangled. And we will have to leave that for another time, Paul. We're, we're out of time. Uh, the website is etheric.com, etheric.com, and uh, they can find most of your books, I'm guessing, on Amazon or certainly on the website, correct? Oh, I sell, yeah, we sell them on the website. Subquantum Kinetics is only sell, sold on our website. It's a, an e-book form. Terrific. Paul, thank you so much for spending some time. I hope we can do this again. Okay. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Dr. Paul LaViolette. All right, when we come back, Darcy Weir, underground, secret underground military bases, right here on The Conspiracy Show.